Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. The key to understanding the basic principles of sacrifice is this. Meaningful relationships always involve sacrifice. Just to let that sink in for you, think about it in the opposite terms. If a relationship doesn't mean very much to you, then there's no incentive to sacrifice for it. For those of you that are here last week or the week before, you may think this is a recurring theme, but let me tell you about a stray cat that showed up at our house when our kids were little. The girls fell in love with wowzers, and they desperately wanted a cat, so we ended up with a stray cat. And everything was fine for a while until one day this stray cat came dragging itself home, clearly a broken back, broken hip, broken legs. Wowzers had become a speed bump for somebody's car. And of course, the girls are in tears. You know, what's wrong? Why, why is he acting that way? And it's like, all right. And Claudia says, yeah, call a vet. See how much it would cost. And I'm thinking, I know the answer to this. So, you know, I called the vet and we had this meaningful conversation about, well, anything's possible for the right amount of time and money. And it would probably take about $500. This was a long time ago. And, and then the vet said the magical words. And even if it's successful, there's nothing to say that the first day it gets out, it won't happen again. <laughs> Followed by my second question, how much just to put it to sleep? $10. <laughs> if a relationship doesn't mean much to you, then you're not willing to sacrifice that much for it, right? So $10 sounded about the right price. And that included me having to bury Wowzers. So we had a little funeral, you know, and went on to get another cat after that for a while. <clears throat> On the other hand, though, the more, mean, the more a relationship means to you, the more willing you are to sacrifice for it. If one of the few, and I mean very few, champion cows that we had in our dairy herd got sick, the vet was called immediately without even asking the price. because we were vested and that's a universal truth that value equals motivation when it comes to sacrifice that's why jesus would talk in terms of uh, in matthew 13 about if if you are out in the field and you discover buried treasure that guy will go home and he'll liquidate everything he's got to try to raise enough money to buy that field because he knows what's there has more value than everything he had. And he says, likewise, if a merchant finds a pearl of great price, he'll sell everything he's got in order to buy that pearl. The things that have the most meaning to us 
we conclude are worth sacrificing the most for. That's why meaningful relationships always involve sacrifice, and that sacrifice always involves three things, choice, cost, and change. I can give you an illustration of that as well. Unfortunately, it's not as humorous as a stray cat that comes dragging itself home. But you've all maybe even been there or known people who have been. Trust me, as a minister who periodically does some marriage counseling, I've seen it, where the marriage is on the rocks and one of them will come to me wanting to see a counselor, wanting me to refer somebody or refer them to a counselor who knows what they're talking about. And, and, and the other one doesn't. I can guarantee you one of the basic reasons for that is because the one who doesn't want to go doesn't want to pay the price of going to see a marriage counselor. Typically that's true because he knows or she knows this is done. And they're already thinking about how much a divorce is going to cost. Why waste money on a counselor that you think is not going to do any good when you know you're going to need that for a divorce? Hmm. The relationship didn't mean anything anymore, so they weren't willing to make a sacrifice. If you violate any one of these three principles of sacrifice, choice, cost, or change, it ends, up, it ends up being meaningless. Because if it's forced instead of their choice, well, that's not going to work out because if the one's already involved in another relationship with a lover while they're still married to the first one, then it, it, nothing's going to happen there. You know, I'm just going so that I can say, well, we tried, you know, talking to a counselor and it didn't work out for us. Or, if you take away choice, there's no change in the behavior either. You see, that was the focal point for most of the Old Testament prophets. Choice, cost, and change. Their sacrifices in worship to God have become nothing more to them than the routine rituals as opposed to being a voluntary expression of their love and appreciation and value of God. Because the Old Testament law demanded it, eventually people resented God and those who reminded them of God's will. And they also resented the expense of the sacrifice. Well, because they didn't have any choice and they resented God and they resented how much it was costing them, guess what? Nothing changed. So to avoid a guilty conscience, they'd continue to offer a sacrifice, but what they brought in offering to God usually was something that was going to make the least financial impact. If God had said you could bring me a cat, it would have been wowzers after the car ran over it. It wasn't dead yet. Quick, let's get it to the temple and offer it to God. But because of their resentment and their reluctance about the cost, their relationship with God actually deteriorated. Much like using that same illustration about a marriage that's in trouble and on the rocks, 
typically because one or the other is already involved in another relationship with somebody else. If that individual feels forced to go talk to the counselor, I guarantee you, if they come to talk to me, what I'm going to see is that one of them who was forced to come is going to sit there like this. Or like this. Nothing is going to change because they were forced into it. They resent being there. And consequently, that resentment simply exaggerates the deterioration of the relationship they've got. Oh, sure, they may keep on going through the motions, but it's actually going to end up making matters worse. So here's a life principle that's true. Going through the motions rarely makes things better, whether you're talking about a marriage or whether you're talking about your job. Or you may even be talking about church. Going through the motions rarely makes things better without choice, cost, or change. Because you end up being reluctant and resentful about it. That's why the prophet Malachi would tell them in, Rome, in, uh, excuse me, in Malachi 1 verse 9 and following, this paraphrase of it, just shut the door. Shut the door of the temple and just stay home. It's as though God were saying through Malachi, his spokesman, if your heart's not in it, don't even bother insulting me by pretending to worship me by bringing this trash. Jesus would later quote the prophet Isaiah with this, you honor me with your words, but your heart's far from me. You see, meaningful relationships always involve sacrifice, and that sacrifice always involves choice, cost, and change. Because that's when you see that it's the power of love, not guilt, that becomes the motivation for sacrifice. And that was true not just for Old Testament temple sacrifices, but for any meaningful relationship in life. Is it really love if it's not your choice? Or is it just a hostage situation? If it's just a hostage situation, we call that kidnapping. And it usually builds a lot of resentment and rebellion, right? But you already know that's the answer, whether you're talking about marriage or whether you're talking about taxes or whether you're talking about health insurance that your car insurance that you're forced to buy even though, yeah, you get it, right? The answer is the same. Whether you're talking about a relationship that you really don't want to be in or whether you're talking about paying taxes that you really don't think you ought to pay or whether you're talking about going to church in a relationship with God that you're really not sure about. What if you remove love as a motivation for church? and substitute guilt or convenience or entertainment. Well, that would never happen, right? I mean, surely nobody would go to church for guilt. Really? Hmm. And if that's the case, what level of commitment are you likely to see in people 
that aren't motivated by the power of love, but instead are only there because of guilt or convenience or entertainment. You suppose that might explain why sometimes when kids grow up and move out, they don't come back to church because they were only there because of guilt, not out of motivation of love. And if you expect to be embarrassed when your hypocrisy gets exposed instead of the fruit of the Spirit being revealed in your life, you've just removed any motivation to be there. And that kind of brings us back to this thought. You remove the power of love as the motivation and you suck all the joy out of any relationship, no matter what that relationship is. You see, God himself honors these same three principles of sacrifice. They're that, they're that foundational to the way the world works. You know the passage, it's in John 3.16. But as you read this familiar passage, remind yourself of those three principles of sacrifice, of choice, cost, and change. For God so loved the world. There's choice, right? And he gave his one and only son. There's cost. That whoever believes in him shall not perish. There's change. But instead have eternal life. Hmm. His voluntary choice was revealed by his willingness to pay the price of something that he valued. And because he willingly paid the price of something he valued, it changed the status of our relationship with him. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 would describe again that same principle this way, revealing how God honors that principle or those principles of sacrifice. Colossians chapter 1 in verse 20 it says, God was pleased, there's the choice to make peace by sacrificing his son's blood on the cross. There's the cost. So that all beings in heaven and on earth would be brought back to God. There's the change. Our relationship with him is transformed. The apostle Paul would continue on, further illustrating these principles of sacrifice in the following verses of 21 and 22 of Colossians 1. He says, you used to be far from God. Your thoughts made you his enemies and you did evil things. But his son became a human. There's the choice. And he died. There's the cost. And when choice and cost have been satisfied, Change happens because he says, so God made peace with you. And now he lets you, there's choice, stand in his presence, there's change. As people who are holy, faultless, and innocent. Why? Because of the blood that was sacrificed for us, there's the cost. Because of the power of love, God honors the same three principles of sacrifice. It shows God's internal deliberation, the things that he thought through and decided to intentionally choose. And that, because of that intentional decision, he took the initiative to make that first step 
because of his greater desire to bring about change. From the beginning of creation, the power of love is what motivated God's choice, cost, and change. And what changed as a result of that? We have peace. We're in his presence. He views us as holy, faultless, and innocent, even though we know what we've done. Because God honors those three principles of sacrifice, he sees us as the pearl of great price that was worth spending whatever it took. Because of how he values us, we're like that treasure found in a field. He validates, he validates our value by the price he was willing to pay for us. Let me say that this way. God thinks I'm worth the cost. Not because of my perfection, but in spite of my perfection, he's willing to pay the price. That's the story of Jesus. And it was Jesus who also honored those same three principles of sacrifice a little bit further into the Gospel of John, in chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus himself said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives up his life for his sheep. Hmm. He gives up his life. There's the first two principles of sacrifice, voluntary choice and the cost of his own life. As a result of that, we become his sheep. There's the change, the third principle of sacrifice. It changed the relationship from endangered, if we're out there on our own, outside of the sheepfold, to the security of being in his presence. It was because of the power of love that Jesus went on to say in verse 17 and 18, the Father loves me because I give up choice, my life, cause so that I might receive it back again. There's the change. And then he repeats for emphasis, no one takes my life from me. I give it up willingly. There's another passage that emphasizes the same theme. Paul says it this way in Philippians 2, verses 5 and following. If your lives... In your lives, you must think and act like Christ Jesus. All right, tell me why. Christ himself was like God in everything. Well, how can I, how can I think and act like Jesus if Jesus was like God in everything? Here you go. He didn't think being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit. But he gave up his place with God. There's choice. And he made himself like nothing. There's cost. Oh yeah, remember, this isn't just a neat little three-point outline about choice, cost, and change. This is describing what we are to become, how we are to start thinking about ourselves. Because Jesus thought like this, God thinks like this, and he expects us to acquire his nature and to be like him. He gave up his place with God, choice. He made himself nothing, there's cost. He was born as a man and became like a servant. And when he was living as a man, he humbled himself and was fully obedient to God, there's choice. He's no longer Lord and King, he's a servant. 
And verse 8 says, when he was living as a man, he humbled himself and was fully obedient to God. There's choice. Even when that, death, even when that caused his death on a cross, there's cost. When he did that, God raised him to the highest place, he says in verse 9, and that's change. He made his name greater than every other name. Change. So that every knee would bow at the name of Jesus, everyone in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and bring glory to God the Father. Because of the power of love, Jesus plays out those same three principles of sacrifice, of choice, cost, and change, and lays the foundation for us to become like him. At MCC, we make it our goal, our mission, if you will, to learn more about Jesus, to love more like Jesus, and look more like him. Based on those two previous passages, we won't do that without a deliberate choice or without a willingness to pay the price and without a willingness to allow him to bring about the change within us that's com that comes because of the power of love. From creation to Calvary, you see God in heaven and God in the flesh live their lives honoring the three principles of sacrifice, choice, cost, and change. It doesn't take a PhD in theology to understand the difference that these three principles can make in our life that should be made in our life. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 15 says, it's the love of Christ, there's choice, that controls us. Because we know that one died for all, so all have died. There's cost. Christ died for all so, that all so that those who live would not continue to live for themselves. There's change. He died for them. There's choice. And he was raised from the dead. There's cost. So that they would live for him. There's change. What exactly would that mean for me? What that means is the power of love is what clarifies the priorities in my life. This is how Paul describes what happened when the power of God's love changed him. In Philippians 3, verse 8 and 9, he says, everything else is worthless. When compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord, see, his values were clarified. His life was clarified because of choice cost and change for his sake he says I've discarded everything else counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him with a new sense of values he was motivated to choose the things that mean the most no matter what it cost and to pursue the change of becoming more like him in 2 Corinthians 5.16, it describes the power of comprehending how God's love changes our life. Hang with me here, okay? 
When we do that, here's what it says in, first, in 2 Corinthians 5.16. From this time on, we do not think of anyone as the world does. It changes our perspective of people. In the past, we thought of Christ as the world thinks, but we no longer think of him that way. It changes my perspective of Jesus. In verse 17, he says, if anyone belongs to Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have gone. Everything is made new. It changes the perspective that I have of my own life. I'm not always going to be who I always was before. All of this is from God. Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. It changes my perspective of where I stand with God. And God gave us the work of telling everyone about the peace that we can have with Him. It changes my perspective about my purpose in life and what's important to others. And then because of that, it changes my motivation. Verse 19, he says, God was in Christ making peace between the world and Himself. In Christ, God didn't hold the world guilty of its sins. And He gave us this message of peace. That gives my life meaning. And it changes my perspective of courage when it comes to speaking up about things that ordinarily I just would rather keep quiet about. He says in verse 20, so we have been sent to speak for Christ. It is as if God is calling to you through us. We speak for Christ when we beg you to come to church. That's not what it says. We speak for Christ when we beg you to dig a little deeper and give more money. No, that's not what it says either. We speak for Christ when we beg you. But here's what it does say. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, we speak for Christ when we beg you to be at peace with God. And that, that gives us courage to change our perspective of what worship is. Verse 21, Christ had no sin, but God made him become sin so that in Christ we could become right with God. That is the power of love. David, why don't you and a praise team join me on stage. You see, it clarifies our life because in light of the cross, what are you choosing to do with your life? In light of the cross, what are you choosing to do with God in your life? In light of the cross, what are you choosing to do to reflect that same kind of humility and service to God? In light of the cross, do your values match the value of Jesus? In light of the cross, what are you spending yourself on? What are you spending yourself for? What price are you paying in light of the cross? 
And in light of the cross, what changes are you willing to let God make in your life, in your attitudes, in your priorities, in your morality and your lifestyle? Peter would say it this way, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins and be filled with his spirit. The evidence of that? We spent a few weeks just a little bit ago talking about the evidence of the spirit of God in our life. Things like love and joy and peace and patience. That happens because we repented of a life that wasn't choosing to live for God. That wasn't willing to pay the price of dying to self. That wasn't willing to let God make those changes in our life. Are you? Are you willing to allow him to clarify your life with the three principles of choice, cost, and change? We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldo Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.